When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Since 1983, Eddie Trunk has been the voice for fans of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. A best-selling author, host of TV's That Metal Show, and seven national radio shows, including Trunk Nation, daily on Sirius XM. Interesting. Eddie offers the world his news-making interviews, passionate analysis, honest commentary, and who knows what else. So welcome to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey folks, it's Eddie Trunk and welcome to another episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. You know the deal, it is free and it's available to you each and every Thursday with a brand new episode via podcastone.com, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening, subscribing, streaming, downloading, favoriting, (laughs) all the things we ask you to do with podcasts and I know there are a ton of podcasts in this world so I appreciate you taking some time out to listen to mine and check it out each and every week. Like I told you and I tell you every week as well, the interviews you hear on the Eddie Trunk Podcast originated and first aired live on my SiriusXM radio show which is called Trunk Nation and is heard Monday through Friday, live 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time, on Sirius XM Channel 106 Volume, and it replays every night, 10 to midnight Eastern, and you can get the shows anytime you want, and the interviews anytime you want on the Sirius XM app. So if you're in the U.S. or Canada, and you are not listening to Trunk Nation on Sirius XM, and only listening to this podcast, you are just getting a tiny, and I mean tiny, taste of what I do on a daily basis. So get on board, join me, and interact with the show, and that program is live, and you're getting about one-fifth of the amount of interviews that I do weekly uh, here on this podcast. But if you can't sign up for SiriusXM or you're outside of the U.S. or Canada, I get it, and that's why this podcast is here, give you a little sample and give you a little best of of some of the stuff that I'm doing, like I said, daily on Trunk Nation. So uh, this week, I have for you an interview with Tracy Guns and Phil Lewis of LA Guns, who are celebrating a year after the fact the release of their album Cocked and Loaded, the 30th anniversary of the release of that record. Before I set up the podcast, though, let me tell you that this week's show is once again being brought to you by Goodies Hangover. They've got a powerful pain reliever and a boosting ingredient in Goodies Hangover that'll help you uh, fast pain relief, a boost of alertness. It'll help you with that 
groggy, tired feeling that comes with a hangover. It's hangover relief at the speed of powder. It's the holiday season. you got to get yourself some goodies hangover. It's available at Walmart, Dollar General, Amazon, and other fine retailers. More info at goodiespowder.com. So I recently hosted a virtual show with L.A. Guns. Uh, They played a live ticketed stream about... I want to say about uh, two, three weeks ago from Vegas, where they played Cocked and Loaded in its entirety. And they, uh, and I'm talking about the Phil and Tracy version of the band. I'm aware that Steven is out there doing his version as well. But we're talking about the Phil Tracy version here. And that's the interview you're about to hear as well. But, um, you know, I had a chance to host an interview with them virtually. And if you bought the stream, you saw me over Zoom talking to Tracy and Phil about Cocked and Loaded and basically doing a pre-show interview with them. The interview you're about to hear what is not that interview. It's a different one that was done around the same time for my radio show. Uh, they had called in the radio show to promote the live stream, which of course as has already happened. So like I just told you, everything you hear on this show, the interviews aired live usually anywhere from a week to three weeks from when you hear them on the podcast. So the stream already took place, but this is the interview I did to help them promote the stream, and we talk in detail about a bunch of different stuff, including what is their most popular album, their second album, Cocked and Loaded, which they are celebrating. So uh, get ready for that. Interview is coming up here in uh, just seconds on this week's podcast. Also want to remind you about social media, at Eddie Trunk, Twitter, Instagram, fan page on Facebook, eddytrunk.com is, as usual, the website for all your info and rock news needs, and uh, be sure to check that out, and be sure to follow on Twitter, where I'm most active and most up-to-date and most up-to-the-second with anything you need to know with what's going on in my world and the world of rock. It's really simple. It's just simply at Eddie Trunk. I do the other stuff as well, but not nearly as much as Twitter, so keep an eye there. Um, the holiday season is coming, you know, we're here. So, uh, an early happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year's to all. And we will continue to bring you a new interview, uh, right through the, the end of the year here through the holidays. So just remember to keep subscribing and listening and downloading for that new one every Thursday. There won't be any, there's never been a gap <laughs> in the years I've been doing this podcast. There's never been a week without one. So you'll keep getting something new on Thursday on post day. Uh, including the Thursdays leading uh, just before Christmas, which will be next week, and just before uh, New Year's, which will be the following week. And then we'll be out of this year of 2020 and, God willing, hopefully having a better year of 2021 across the board. That would be welcome for many, many people. So anyway, let's get to this interview this week. I think you'll enjoy it. Tracy Guns, Phil Lewis of LA Guns, coming up, talking cocked and loaded and more right after this. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey folks, support for this podcast comes from Pluto TV. Need an escape? We all do these days, that's for sure. Drop into Pluto TV for a world of free TV. Stream hundreds of channels and thousands of movies and shows all for free. Yep, free. No subscriptions. No fees. Imagine 24-7 channels of Narcos, CSI, Star Trek, Survivor, 
and everything else from hit movies to binge-worthy TV shows, the latest news, live sports, comedy, and more. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Pluto TV app for Android, iPhone, Roku, and Fire TV, and start streaming now. Pluto TV, drop in, watch free. Hey, this is JJ French. Through five decades in the music industry, having sold over 20 million records, performed over 9,000 shows, and receiving 37 gold and platinum albums as a musician, manager, and record producer. I'm also an author, motivational speaker, marathon runner, inducted into the Long Island Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, guitar collector, and a founding member of a little band you may have heard of called Twisted Sister. Now I'm ready to share the secrets of my survival in one of the most vicious and predatory businesses on earth, the music business. In my new podcast, The French Connection, the music business and beyond on podcast one get ready to hear real inside stories from me and my famous guests as they tell you how it's really done not just in the music industry either i guarantee that you will always learn something unexpected from successful survivors from many walks of life that's the beyond part that i'm so excited about don't miss the french connection the music business and beyond with me jj french tuesdays on podcast one spotify and apple podcasts this is the eddie trunk podcast Eddie Trunk here with you on this week's podcast, and now let's get to our interview. It is with Tracy Guns and Phil Lewis of LA Guns. Again, this was done just prior to them doing a live stream playing Cocked and Loaded in its entirety. It was on my Sirius XM radio show, Trunk Nation, to promote that stream. You'll hear them talk about the record, how the relationship between the two of them is going, and a lot more. Phil Lewis Tracy Guns of L.A. Guns celebrating cocked and loaded 30 years, technically 31 years later. Enjoy. Welcome back, everybody. We are live on Sirius XM 106 volume. It's Eddie Trunk, and this is Trunk Nation, hour number two of our show today on this Thursday. And I am joined by a couple old friends who are getting ready to celebrate a 30th anniversary technically 31 years later, but who's counting exactly, of their second ever album and their biggest selling album in their catalog. That would be the album Cocked and Loaded. The band would be L.A. Guns. And joining me live via Zoom is the band's lead singer, Phil Lewis. Phil, good to see you. Good to see you too, Eddie. And the band's guitarist, Tracy Guns. How are you, Trace? I'm good. I'm just working out all the parts for running around Sue that was in the <laughs> Which Phil was playing for us while during the commercial break a little I wasn't Dion playing for you, around. Eddie. I was just I was just I was just goofing around. I didn't even But know I enjoyed hear. it. Give us thirty seconds of it. Let, Come on, give now. us thirty I'll, seconds. I'll, I'll Phil. play lead. Go. All right. One, two, three, and You're not doing nothing. Wait, we get no vocal? I want to hear your wonderful voice. Oh, you were singing oh, it okay, brilliantly. Right. Uh, Just- Sue likes to run around. She loves you when she puts you down. Now people, let me set you wise. Sue goes out with other guys. Here's the moral of the story from the guy who knows. I fell in love and my love still grows. Ask any fool that she ever knew. I keep away from run around Sue, yep. That there we go. There we go. Oh, 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 oh. Well, 
Okay. <laughs> Beautiful. Brilliant. That's Thank it. You. Thanks, guys. Thanks for coming on. We'll see you. <laughs> Cheers. Hope we passed the audition. <laughs> well, Phil, you know, before we get into it, I just remembered during this whole pandemic, you actually went out and did some shows solo acoustic, right? Just you and a guitar, was, just it, like that. It was a noble attempt, Eddie, but it was a dismal <laughs> failure. Um, uh, it Are just, you being it, serious? It, the, the, time's, the time's not right. You know, I was ready. I was ready to go. And, and I just, you know, wanted to do something for myself and, you know, for the punters too. Uh, but it's just, now it's too soon. The, the, now is not the time. Hopefully... You know, when things are a little bit more stable, it's just mad out there right now. And you've got half the country, uh, you know, really uh, very, very, uh, not, I wouldn't say paranoid, but being as responsible as they can. But in, uh, but none of them are the gigs that I was playing. I mean, it was just like, it was like, the, <laughs> like this year hadn't even happened. And uh, it was a little bit scary. And, and uh, I, I, I don't want to get sick, you know, and I, and I don't want to be, I don't want to be the catalyst for anyone getting sick either. So, uh, you know, it was, it, was a, it was a good attempt, and I enjoyed the few that I did, but i got to put it on ice for a while. Well, it was, it's nice to hear such honesty. I mean, that's, a, you know, that's an honest assessment, and obviously it's not an easy thing to do to go out in a pandemic, even in a club setting. And you see a lot of acts doing it, you know, doing a, a solo acoustic things, because it's yeah. a little more easy to do than put a big show together and go out. But uh, you gave it a shot, and the people yeah, I did went I, to I see, they shot, enjoyed it. I had it. a terrible experience in Kentucky. You know, I, I, I was hoping, because don't, we don't have control of the room, so I, 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 obviously I get to headline. Um, but, you know, the, the, the promoter was selling uh, slots on before me to full rock bands, to full volume rock bands. So I had to follow four bands and mm. everybody was drunk. Everyone was deaf and nobody was practicing any distancing, no masks or anything. And I was honestly, I thought, well, like, fuck this. Yeah. And the other thing you, I see with that is, is when you're doing an acoustic set, Sometimes people, if they are drunk and rowdy, they're talking during it, which is annoying oh, as hell. Yeah. Did no, you run yeah, into yeah, that? No, there was one good guy, Doug, uh, in, in, in Tulsa. Uh, he did it right, you know, cause, cause he controlled the room and he put a couple of acoustic acts on before me. So it was a vibe, but I can't, you can't guarantee that in some of these venues. So, yeah. uh, nah, I got Trace. kind of burnt on it. Trace, have you gone out and done anything on your own? I mean, I know you've been traveling. I know you had a, a child recently, so congrats yeah. on that. But hey. have, you, have you gone out and done some stuff uh, beyond going in and out of the country a couple times, I imagine? I mean, I've only done one. I did a live stream in Copenhagen with a Guns N' Roses tribute band. That, that's the only thing I've done, and that was <sighs> April or May. I don't know, you know, so... You've been working mainly in the studio on stuff, writing and recording. Has that been your focus during all this? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I've got, you know, I've been working a lot, you know, and with, with, uh, with the new little guy, you know, I give lessons, I do session work and I'm trying my best to raise two boys, you know, so it's not like I, I I'm bored. The plate is full, that's for sure. Well, let's yeah. talk about, speaking of shows, so there is going to be a full-on rock show, and it's going to happen on November 28th. It's going to be in yeah. Las Vegas at the uh, Backstage Bar and Billiards at the Fremont Country Club, and it's L.A. Guns on the 28th doing Cocked and Loaded in its entirety, yeah. and it Yay. is a ticketed show where you can go to it if you're in Vegas, and then it's also a stream. So, Trace, we'll start with you. Tell me about the idea to do this and uh, you know how it came about. I mean, 
you know, we were talking about doing this last year and then we put the devil, you know, out and we had to go support that album in 2019. So the idea was like, well, we missed the 30th anniversary. So let's do the 31st anniversary in, in 2020. Well, you know, that, well, we all know what happened. So um, we've been talking about doing this for a long time, you know, um, and finally we're going to do one. And if, uh, you know, we might not really be able to do a full tour until, you know, 2023, you know, right. but then we'll do the 34th anniversary, you know, you know, tour. But um, it's interesting because I, you know, I've been learning, relearning all the, the songs that we've never really played. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm such a different player now. I play in tune most of the time now. So um, <laughs> it, it, it's interesting you know, hearing all these embellishments and things I, I did when I was 22 years old, you know, like, wow, I didn't know shit about music, but um, it, it, it seemed to work back then. And uh, it'll be really in key when we do these performances. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> that should be the selling point on the tagline. Cocked and loaded in key for the first in time key, for Tracy in Guns. Key, in key with, with a brilliant drummer. Yeah, with yeah, with a, with a great drummer. But you got yeah. Coogan still there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's Coogan's a great drummer, and he can it's, sing like a bird. Monster. Wow, absolutely monster! He's great. Great. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to the you know hour of of playing these songs. You know, I mean, just and just anybody going to the show, stay the fuck away from us, please. I mean, if you're gonna get drunk and and get nuts, just stay away from us. You know, we want to play, we want to have a good time. But, you know, don't think for a second that we're going to be irresponsible and, you know, have meet and greets where we're hugging everybody and shaking people's hands. We love you people to death, but we don't want to kill you and we don't want to be involved in anybody, you know, being irresponsible. Right. I, just, I need to say that right out of the gate. You know, yeah. it's, it's great music. It's going to be a great time. And um, honestly, it feels really irresponsible to me to have people in that room while we're playing. But hey. Well, how many are going to be in the room? Been in Phil? Kentucky. Have, have you guys have right. you guys sorted that out? As far as the, there is a live gate aspect of it, where people can come to the yeah. show if they're in Vegas. How many are being sold, and how are you handling that? Well, it's a thousand seat room, and less than, less than 100, Scotty says. Less, less than a hundred. Yeah. So, and are there tickets available now if people want to come and socially distance? watch the show yeah. in vegas yeah, yeah yeah so they can buy a ticket uh, yes they can because you did a stream you guys uh did a stream correct me if i'm wrong for the monsters of rock cruise facebook a while back yeah uh, the, 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 how did that go and this the difference being this one that had no audience at all this one will have some live audience yeah that was awesome yeah i i prefer it you know it was great to play and everything but honestly i, I do i do need a I, I like a little bit of feedback, you know, I like to see, but you know, the place was so packed with crew and, 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 and our friends that it kind of felt like a gig anyway. Yeah. So let's talk about the album itself, Cocked and Loaded. Tracy alluded to a few things about it uh, earlier. The second album from LA Guns. Now in full disclosure, uh, Tracy, Phil and I just did a conversation like this a few days ago, which if you purchase the stream, you'll see as the pre-show so I'm essentially hosting the streaming version of the concert. So you'll see right. a whole different conversation with the three of us if you if you buy into the stream. But one of the things, Phil, during that that was interesting that you brought up 
that you can maybe elaborate on for this audience is the fact that for you, you really looked at this as being, even though it's the second L.A. Guns album, and of course you sang on the first, you really saw this as being your first full album with the band, right? Certainly did, Eddie. Uh, you know, I, uh, when I first joined, when Tracy first brought me over, uh, it was all done. The music was all done. It was, I wouldn't say salv- salvage is not a very nice word, but I had to make it my own and, 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 and change, change the vibe a bit, um, which I did and I enjoyed doing. There may have been one or two songs uh, from scratch, but, for, but cocked and loaded, as I told you the other, it was like the Etch-A-Sketch, you know, when I, when I first joined, it, there was a, 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 a piece of art almost completed and, and all I needed to do was add a few touches, but the, the, the Etch-A-Sketch had been turned over and, and it was a completely blank sheet and uh, it, w- it was fantastic for me. It was like to, to start from scratch. Uh, so yeah, I always consider it personally my first uh, uh, LA Guns record. Trace, for you, is one of the, the founding members of the band. Now, now give us the timeline here, because I'm curious Wait, about this. you mean the founding member of the band? The yes. founding member. Yes, the, the founding. One. Yeah, that, you, <laughs> yeah, well, you are the guns. But as the founding member of the band, give us the timeline on this, because as Phil just said, he kind of came in and a lot of stuff was done already. You were working with yeah. a different singer before Phil came in? Yeah, yeah. We, we, had, um, we had already secured a deal with Polydor and um, with, with this other singer and who, you know, I mean, rightfully so he was a fine writer and um, things didn't work out with him. So when I found out that Phil was going to be able to come over and, you know, see if it worked out, um, he got a tape way in advance. Hey, you know, do whatever you want to these songs, you know, to make them, you know, comfortable and make them more Phil Lewis. You know, I wanted to, at that point, I just wanted to sound like girl. You know, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, yeah man, Phil Lewis going to join LA guns. We're going to sound like girl. Um, so yeah, you know, there was, uh, those songs were rewritten multiples of times on the first record, you know, um, from all different various people, you know, and they, and they, they all had seeds or, you know, beginnings at different points in my life, you know, like that, that stupid cliche, you know, you have your whole life to, to write your first record. Well, I, I certainly did, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, there are things on that record from when I was 12, 13 years old, you know? Um, and so, but Phil coming in and tying that record up, I mean, that gave us our sound, you know what I mean? Cause it, it gives me license to write whatever style of music I want. And then when Phil sings, you know, it's LA guns. So, you know, to me, the first record is Phil's LA, you know, first LA guns record. <laughs> Well, well, let me, I let me ask. Don't, don't get me wrong. I love it, you know, but it just was, you know, so much as you, as you said, you know, a lot of it, some of it you've written as far back as when yeah. you were preteen. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And, and I, and it, I was, you know, definitely drawn to it. And when, when you sent me over the cassette, I thought everything was brilliant, but you know, to be right. honest, I think the singing was a bit iffy. Um, and, and we, we sorted that right out, didn't we? Yeah, we did, you know, and we got <laughs> on track and that really, you know, finishing those songs, recording the first record, heading out on tour for 18 months with very yeah. limited breaks, um, really created the chemistry of, of the five of us at that time to write Cocked and Loaded, you know? So, I mean, yeah. you know, when, when we recorded Cocked and Loaded, I mean, it was fresh off tour, you know? So it's, it's you know, we were still really excited and, and we still kind of liked each other a little bit and all that stuff, <laughs> you know? So, so we were able to make, 
that that record and spend you know a bunch of a bunch of bucks and and have you know really nice Italian lunches every day at the studio for like a year or whatever it was, you know. So yeah, you know when I think about cocked and loaded, you know I just think about you know. I don't know what the word is, decadence, I guess. You know, we just really... Well, yeah, you know, after we, it, we kind of changed everything for us. You know, the first album came out and and uh, within, oh, I don't know, a couple of weeks, it sold 10,000 copies. And they were like, oh, that's good. And then a month went by, a month and a half, and it went up to like 60, 100. And it just just kept snowballing. And, and it was like, wow, wow, this is amazing. Um, so yeah, so it was, it was getting close to gold. Um, it was up there, you know, once it passed a hundred thousand, then all the floodgates opened for us, you know, then all of a sudden uh, the budget for the second record for Cocked and Loaded, as Tracy said, you know, they, they allowed us a little, uh, meal, uh, <laughs> money and, and, and it just, it just became, things became very civilized. Me and Tracy used to take the bus to the studio on the first record writing yeah. lyrics from San, getting down to Santa Monica by the second record things were a, a, a lot more comfortable and and as is, and we'd been out on tour for almost two years 18 months and and we were doing a lot of the writing on on tour and it was a great place you know we were playing in big rooms or, or even if it was our own shows even even in and it wasn't we weren't putting it together in a rehearsal room. We were putting it together in, in proper venues, proper stages with proper PAs. And, and, and if it's if it was going to sound great, it did sound great. And it always did sound great. And it was it was just a thrill. It was great yeah. making it while we were just on that on coasting on that fantastic wave. Yeah, it was, hey, it was a good time. Trace, I want to ask you, because you mentioned and I want to talk more specifically about Cocked and Loaded in a second, but I want to just going back one more second here. You mentioned Girl, which was the first band that Phil had with Phil Collin of Def Leppard. And I bring it up because a lot of people know this, but there's a lot that don't because the records were not huge records in America. But well, they were never released in America. I was amazed that even people heard it. You know, when I found out that, you know, we were making a bit of a dent, it blew me away. Well, yes. I had them, and I loved both of them, and I knew about you and Phil Collin long before you were in L.A. Guns and f- the yeah. other Phil was in Leopard. But, but Trace, was that the connector? Was that why you sought out Phil Lewis? How did you, how yeah. did you make the connection to, to reach out to a guy in England to be in your band in L.A.? Well, I mean, you know, let's be honest. I always wanted to pretend I was in Led Zeppelin. So, you know, the only way to do that is to have a British singer. Yeah, but he to answer English your question... or we could have been free i don't know um so izzy was living with me when i was you know 16 and 17 and he turned me on the girl izzy stradlin and and, yeah izzy stradlin and uh we had sheer greed i didn't have wasted youth yet um and sheer greed became my favorite album you know that was like the album of my my 17th year on this earth and when things went down with the other guy, um, our manager, this Welsh guy who had shops in London, Alan Jones, you know, I just, he goes, who do you want to sing for the band? I go, Phil Lewis. <laughs> you know, I just said it, you know, I know Phil, you know, I go. I go it, it, funny, funny enough, Alan and I had been spending, this was came, um, it, this is around the, the beginning of the year. This must've been about 86. I'd been hanging out with, with Ad, Alan, uh, the summer before, 
and I'd never met him uh, and we became real close. You know, he, he was uh, involved, as you said, in the fashion industry in London. And my girlfriend at the time was a model. And, and you know, he, he was the also the saxophone player for Amen Corner, a very, very popular band in the 60s uh, and just a fantastic bloke. And, and we got on really well. So it was really weird when I heard he called me up out the blue um, after, you know, hanging out for a fantastic uh, summer together. He goes, how do you feel about it? And I said, fuck yeah. And he goes, well, how soon can you come? I said, it's tomorrow too soon. <laughs> and well, I was out. Amazing. I was literally out by the end of that week. Once, you know, once we figured it out that, yeah, we, let's make a go of it. It happened very, very quickly. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's the genius, though, of being, you know, 21 years old and your manager that owns, you know, fashion stores and things like that and you have a record deal you know nothing is unrealistic to yeah. somebody in that position right. i'm just like well i want phil lewis you know and here you go sir here's mr phil lewis right right it was great it could amazing, have come yeah. a better time for me you know i was the, the the music scene in london was utter shit you know metal was well and truly dead uh, there was there was nothing going on. It was all about wham and spandau ballet, and everyone was telling me, "Phil, get a proper haircut." You know, you you've got a great career ahead of you. And I was like, "Fuck that!" You know, hmm. I want to be a rocker. There must be a rock band somewhere. And and lo and behold, it was Gift. Are you Phil? Are you still in in touch with Phil Collin? I mean, obviously, you, Phil went to Leopard. You went to L.A. Guns. Yeah. Do, are you still in touch with Phil or any of the other guys uh, from Girl? Yeah, ab- absolutely, absolutely. It's still mates, and and uh, amazingly enough, uh, st- we're all still alive. The drummer, the bass player, and and the two guitar players, we're still ticking on. So uh, yeah, we, we 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 stay in touch. We're all mates. Because Phil Collin had actually done something with some of those guys under the name Man Rays, I know as well that he, yeah, he right. Put Man out. Rays was um, was was with Simon, the bass player, and uh, Paul Cook from the Sex Pistols, I believe. Right, Phil. I don't know if you're aware of this, but this is interesting when we're talking about Girl. So the Struts, who I love, a newer band, British band, they covered "Do You Love Me" by Kiss on their latest record that just came out. Oh, and really? Luke, yeah, and Luke, the singer in the Struts, who I know and was on this show recently, I said, you know, you did a Kiss cover on there. I said, that's interesting. And he said, yeah. He goes, but we really didn't do a Kiss cover. And I said, what are you talking about? He said, we don't know the song as a as a Kiss song. We know it as right. a girl song. He said, we actually covered the girl version. He goes, I think the girl version is way better than the Kiss version. He said this on the air. He goes, he goes, we, as a British band, he goes, we covered girl. We didn't even really know we were covering uh, Kiss. I, I'm really happy to hear that. I wish Gene felt the same way. Um, <laughs> we, 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 did, we did some shows together and, and he, uh, we didn't have many songs. We hadn't been together. It's a Kim Fowley song, isn't it? Yeah, it was a Kim Fowley. Kim Fowley called me and said, hey, what do you think about this? And I was like, yeah, all right, we'll give it a shot. Um, and, and, and it turned out great. We loved it. Our, our fans loved it. it uh, uh, but Gene didn't, and he forbid us to play it. He pulled me in Are the dressing room. Are you serious? I swear to God, he pulled me in the dressing room, didn't look. He was doing his makeup, looking in the mirror, and said, these songs are our children. And, and, uh, I, and I was like, Gene, we don't have many songs. That's kind of our hit at the moment. And you're not put, it wasn't in their set or anything. But no, he was just being a cunt. So wait a minute. This was the girl was opening for Kiss at this time. Yes, sir. And he did he say he didn't want you doing it 
live on you know on stage. He he didn't care. You recorded it. He didn't yes, want you sir. performing it before they played. Yes, sir. He did. He he forbade us to play it live. Oh, all right, it's okay. Well, I, yeah. you know what we did. You, you know how, how our, 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 the way we dealt with it. We had a show the next day. We didn't show up. Yeah. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, see, Gene. Wow. <laughs> all right. Oh, interesting stuff. Well, the Struts, it made enough of an impact on a young band Fantastic. called the Struts that they covered the girl version of the song. I'm really, that's I, how I, they I didn't it. know that. I'm really happy to hear it. Um, yeah. Their manager called Scotty, our manager, and they were talking about doing some uh, collaboration, and, and uh, uh, I didn't hear too much about it. And then I heard that, uh, that they got together with uh, Joe and, and Phil from Def yes. Leppard, which I think is great because, you know, they're all English and over there doing that. Uh, and and I'm, I'm real happy for them. And, and I think it'll be really cool uh, if Leopard takes them under, like, like Le- they did uh, us, like they did LA Guns, take them out with them uh, and, and, and uh, give them some great, huge American exposure. I think that would be fantastic. Well, they're doing pretty darn well. Foo Fighters have had them out. Motley's had them out. So they're one of the more exciting younger bands, and they've had some great opportunities, and now they got three records out. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. But cool. let's take a break, and we'll come back after the break, and I want to talk more about Cocked and Loaded, what the album means to you guys, a little bit about what people will get to hear and see should they buy into the stream. It's happening on November 28th live from las vegas la guns performing cocked and loaded in its entirety we'll get right back with more with phil and tracy right after this on the eddie trunk podcast this This is the eddie trunk podcast hey guys and yep i know my audience is predominantly guys so i am talking to you If you need a little boost in the bedroom and you'd like to get it at a more reasonable price than you may currently be paying for Cialis or Viagra, you want to do it by going to BlueChew.com. And the amazing thing is that BlueChew offers a chewable tablet that is able to be taken on an empty stomach and you can go there and you can get a consultation with a physician for free. It only takes a few minutes to connect with a BlueChew.com affiliated physician. And if you qualify, you get prescribed online quickly. So there's no in-person doctor visit, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. They ship it directly to you in discreet packaging. And the chewables from BlueChew.com, they are made in the USA. You and your partner will love it. Holiday season coming up. Maybe this will be a nice gift for your partner, a little extra boost in the bedroom. It's no shame in needing this. There's a lot of guys that could use a little help in the bedroom, and there's uh, there's no shame in it. So why not go and check it out at BlueChew.com? And here's a great deal for you guys. Uh, visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code TRUNK. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew, B-L-U-E, C-H-E-W dot com, promo code TRUNK, T-R-U-N-K. That's an amazing deal. Go there right now, your first order for free. When you use promo code TRUNK, just pay the $5 shipping. So check it out, bluechew.com. You'll save a ton of money. You'll get a little extra boost. Maybe it'll be a nice uh, holiday gift for you and your partner. Check it out right now, bluechew.com, promo code TRUNK. Got nothing to lose. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. 
Let's get back to more with Tracy Guns and Phil Lewis right now on this week's podcast. Okay, we're back, and we are live with Tracy Guns and Phil Lewis of L.A. Guns, who are going to be celebrating Cocked and Loaded, their second album, featuring big songs like Never Enough and The Ballad of Jane, and one of my favorites, Malaria, many others. They'll be playing it in its entirety. Rip and Tear, Slap in the Face, Sleazy yeah. Come, Easy Go, so many. And they'll be Wheels playing it in fire. its entirety. Wheels of Fire, too. Yeah, it's a very diverse record. You know, we, uh, we I, I think, you know, bands like Cheap Trick have been a big influence on us. You know, yeah. every song's a little bit different. It's not, it's not one-dimensional like, you know, certain bands that do that, and they're very good at it. But we like to mix it up. Tracy, what are your we're, recollections? We're just not very good at one particular thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that too. Trace, starting with you, and then we'll go to Phil on this. What are your recollections about making the record? I, I know the other thing that we didn't touch on the other day when we spoke for the stream is the fact that you, there's some special guests on the record, right? Nugent's on there. And speaking of um, speaking of Cheap Trick, isn't Robin Zander on there too? Yeah. Yeah, Robin and uh, and uh, Tom Peterson. They sang on Sleazy Come Easy Go, I think. Yeah. Oh, nice. How did that come about? Those tours that we we been, toured yeah. with those guys. We just come off tour with them and and Ted too. And Ted, and, yeah. Oh, okay. So then it was because uh, I don't remember the touring. Now you had toured with them for the first record. Yeah. And then you were saying the other day when you guys toured for Cocked and Loaded, it was almost all headline dates, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what is your what is your recollection? Uh, for you, Phil, about making this record, where do you feel it falls in the LA Guns catalog? It's the most successful record you've done. Is it your favorite? Yes, sir. Absolutely, it is. Um, if, if there was one record that I had to choose in its entirety, this would be the one. Uh, there are moments uh, on that first record that are fantastic, but but some of it, you know, it's, I don't know. I mean, I can't, I'd, I'd be lying if I said I loved it all, but I really do love, you know, everything about cocked and loaded and and uh for me the, the the magic of it uh it was great recording it you know being in la and being in a real studio and 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 you know being with my my, my new brothers we've just been around the world together but it was a real it felt really good going back to england with that record under my sleeve uh and 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 doing interviews and, and, you know, before it even blew up, uh, you know, the, the English press and, and they, they didn't, they, they were very supportive in the beginning. But, you know, things, we'd, we'd, we'd uh, let's say things are a little bumpy, uh, but all my, all, my, all my past indiscretions and sins were forgiven when I, I went back with that record. And everyone was like, well done, Phil, this is it. Well done. We're proud of you, mate. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm immensely proud of that record. Tracy, for you, where did, where does Cocked and Loaded sit in the catalog and, and your feelings about it? I mean, I think for the the casual LA Guns fan, it's definitely the most important record. You know, I mean, it's it's the one that if you're not a hardcore fan, it's the record that you know, you know, and you know Ballad of Jane and probably never enough. Um, I mean, you know, I always write songs as kind of a blueprint. So, or, or, you know, like a, like a house without paint, you know, so I could go play them live and do whatever I want to, you know, so um, everything's always a work in progress. Um, 
but it's more about the, the feelings and the vibes and the things that surrounded that time that made Cocked and Loaded really exciting to me. You know, it's like, you know, riding my motorcycle, you know, over the hill of the valley to record at noon when it's 90 degrees out and, the, you know, with flip flops and shorts on and then leaving right. the studio at midnight, coming back over the hill, you know, it's like 55 degrees. Freezing, yeah. You know, I remember that, you know, so many things, you know, around that time. I mean, I was 22 years old, I guess. So, you know, I was a kid and it was insane, man. <laughs> I can't even, I was hanging out with Billy Idol, man. You know, we had a rockabilly band, you know, I was doing just shit. I had no right to be doing. Well, just the yeah. fact you're touring, no, that, that, you just no, got done we, no, touring with we, Cheap Trick, you know? It, it was clear. We paid our dues. We definitely paid our dues with that first record. And and word was out that, you know, we had a killer record in the can. Uh, and, and you know, when we first started um, playing people Jane, it was like, well, that's it. That's your hit right there. You know, it was the, it was the era of the power ballad. And, and we, we, we came up with something new, different and original and then, and then I was like, this is it. This is a song that's going to change everything. And and they were right. It did. It did. Well, well, that's an interesting thing, too. And let's dig a little deeper on that, because, again, I've had the benefit of talking to you guys about this record for the stream, which people will see on the on the 28th of November. But the story of Ballad, the Ballad of Jane, which is without a doubt the biggest L.A. gun song. You guys were, uh, you know, mixed feelings about that being included in the record. I mean, who wants to pick up that story about its inclusion? Because, Tracy, it really wasn't uh, it wasn't a pressure move from the record label to include a ballad like that, was it? No, it was it was more management. And, you know, I look, honestly, I've never been. About searching for, you know, which song is going to make me the most bucks, you know? Um, so especially back then, you know, I mean, I was fine, you know, living in my Volkswagen van. I, I, it didn't matter. So, but Alan Kovac made it very apparent, like, Hey, you know, this is the one song that if you do it and it does what I think it's going to do, you'll be able to do whatever you want for the rest of your life. And he was right. You know, it's like, you know, so um, I think when you, when you, <laughs> what's what's the word metaphorically sell your soul you know like you know went down to the crossroads that's definitely my crossroads moment it's like it's a thing that i did that i didn't want to do that enabled me to play guitar for the rest of my life and make a living and, and be as creative as i want so metaphorically yeah but i do like the song i liked the song then i didn't think it was the right time you know i was going by the you know black sabbath ACDC, you know, Scorpions thing, um, early Scorpions, let me be clear. Um, I'm just hard hitting rock. You know, I wasn't ready to, to whip out all the country licks my mom showed me when I was seven years old. You know, I mean, it just, <laughs> I wasn't ready to do that, but I'm glad we did now, you know, yeah, I, I, I'm glad we did. You know, we, we'd established a, a, a great rocker base with the first record uh, and 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 people like the band. They like the vibe. They like what we were putting out. Um, Jane uh, gave, uh, gave 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 us exposure to people that may have heard of the band but never heard anything. Right. And and there was really not much uh, mainstream on that first record. There wasn't really much that could they they could you know cross over, which was that that was the big term back then. 
And and that was it. That was our crossover here. And it exposed the band to people that might not otherwise, or certainly otherwise, would never have been remotely interested. Yeah. Uh, And I think that was Alan's point was, you know, you'll create this enormous amount of casual fans. I always remember that term, casual fans. Yeah. I didn't want casual fans. You know, I wanted everybody just to listen to my solo on No Mercy, and that was it. You know, but that's how you are when you're... As he said, Eddie, he was 22. Yeah. <laughs> Phil, <laughs> really, Phil Lyric- very immature. <laughs> Phil, lyrically, what was, it, what was it about? I've never heard you talk about it. The, uh, who is Jane and was she oh, someone yeah, you knew? yeah, that question, who's Jane? Jane Mansfield. Eddie, Jane Mansfield. No, uh, look, um, it was an ex- a songwriting exercise. Uh, the three, uh, it was me, Kelly, and Mick. Uh, the song, the, the the music had been written. Uh, I'd come up with a, uh, a, a an idea for it, uh, but my idea was definitely uh, rooted in the vibe of the first record. Uh, and they were like, "Well, you know, let's see what we can see if we can, you know, modify it a little bit. Let's see if we're, they basically radio it up." Um, and so we sat around in the kitchen and and. Uh, uh, we, you know, it all seems funny, kind of like a dream. Things ain't always what they seem. What a shame. And they were like, hmm, now what? What a shame. What a shame. <laughs> what a shame. What happened to Jane? Yeah! <laughs> so that was it. It's, it's, that's, uh, I'd love to say it was about Jane, somebody, you know, but, I, you know, looking back, I'm, I, I think that, you know, there there are a lot. We've all known those Janes or someone special in their own, a big fish in a little pond, and, and uh, you know the hometown heroes and all of that. But they go to the big city and they don't really make it. And that that sort of came afterwards when I when I had to explain, uh, you know, what the whole song was about. But honestly, you know, between mates, it was it's a songwriting, it's strictly a songwriting exercise um, that uh, we, we 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 approached as as pro songwriters that day you had well, a, you and also the, ahead, you can't Chase. go wrong because Slade had their Jane song you know what I mean so like I always just thought yeah if you're gonna pick a woman's name Jane yeah there's a lot of Jane out there <laughs> you, you, well, you, well, yeah so so it's funny because it created this great mystery yeah it re- at the end of the day you just had to find a name that rhymed with shame <laughs> that's, that's really what it came down to. <laughs> I'm, I'm really sorry to say, but that's the truth. <laughs> I, uh, guys, what do you remember about these the videos? And at that time, music video was so important. MTV was so important. Um, first, start with Never Enough, because that one was really, uh, I would think, a lot of fun to do. Mm. We had a video director, a guy called Ralph Zeman, who um, <clears throat> directed our first video, uh, One More Reason to Die. And um, he was a, 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 an up-and-coming uh, video director from a, from a very famous company. Sex Action. Was it Sex Yeah. Scarpati did One More Reason. Oh, was that right? Okay. Yeah. So anyway, we, we had to, um, we, to, help, to, to help out. We, he asked if we wouldn't mind appearing in, a, in, in a few, some cameos in, in, in a video that he was working <laughs> on at the time. Uh, and, and we ended up using extra film from that cameo that we were in that actually shot uh, to shoot uh, sex action at the Troubadour. Right. And then as far, but as far as the Never Enough video, 
which was the well, one. yeah. So we, Ralph did all the videos, didn't he? Trace is like he did never enough. I, I, I'm pretty sure he did. I think he it, did. Yeah, it was a long time ago, man. Yeah, it was thirty. I can't believe it's been that long, but uh, I remember it like but yesterday. We had some deal. We had some deal going on in Denver because we did a couple videos in, in Denver. We did the malaria video. Yeah, I, I guess it was, it was it was cheap, and we but were there. Anyway. We were until we did malaria. Remember the night before we did Never Enough. We did malaria right. in a theater. But correct me yeah. if I'm wrong. Wasn't Never Enough the one that was sort of the knockoff of the Ed Sullivan show? Yeah, sort of set? exactly. Right. Yeah. So that was a pretty cool idea. I mean, I had never seen it. Well, you know, we, we would sit around on the bus and discuss, uh, you know, what we were going to do, what kind of video, what kind of thing. And so, you know, they were our own ideas, and, and, and Ralph uh, manifested them into, into something uh, uh, affordable and, and, and nice to look at. And Trace, what yeah, about for that, what about for Ballad of Jane? What, that was like somebody's in the backyard of a big house or something. You guys were around a pool. Well, we got we got we we got really lucky that day. What had happened was, is me being a morbid guy, we were scheduled to shoot that in in a church in Pasadena, and right. uh, we had the permit and everything. And and I show up at like six thirty in the morning. You know, I mean, I'm twenty three maybe. Like, all right, let's shoot our video, you know, and, and I get there and there's like equipment truck outside and the guy comes up to me and goes, they, they revoked the permit at like 7 a.m. I was like, oh, man, now what? So Ralph got there at like eight in the morning and he already knew what was going on. So where we ended up was um, the house of Imelda Marcos, but it was just the house where she stored her shoes. She didn't live there. She stored her shoes there. The house oh, was wow. gone. The house there was it was it was completely razored. There was this where the house used to be. There was just this concrete slab, but the gardens were intact. And, right. and you know, you know, you see all those classical musicians playing a violin and the cellos. They they were just bit actors. They were just straight from Casting Central that had never played yeah. anything. And they, we we dressed them up in 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 uh, monkey suits, and and uh, they looked pretty authentic. So if people yeah. know how to play strings. They'll know those people don't really aren't really doing what they're supposed to be doing on <laughs> that instrument. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, so like, you know, the Jane video that was a really fun day because I mean the atmosphere was amazing, and then but the stuff we did like like the Ed Sullivan Never Enough video that was in a, on a soundstage. You know, that was like in a photography studio, white room you know, a million takes, a million takes, because the one thing we did is we, is back then it wasn't so much digital, right? So we had to film in black and white, and then we had to film in color to, to get the two effects going on, you know, because yeah. I think the verses were in black and white and the chorus yeah. in color. So it was, that was, that was a, a long day's work. I, I do remember that. And, and you know it was hot we had, in there. We had a gaggle of little girls there. You know, a renter crowd, a renter fans. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was fun, and it smelled like aquanet. To be honest, I, I never really liked videos. Uh, you know, it just uh, just the repetitive uh, of it and pretending. And and uh, apart from Rip and Tear, which is the first time we got a shot at playing on a big stage. Well, not the first time, but it was the first time that we could make it. We made a big. We we built the set for Cocked and Loaded for that video for Rip and Tear, and then we we had a room down in Long Beach 
and, and KNAC invited everybody to come down and, and, and watch the video for me. So that was magic, you know, because there, there wasn't really any, much acting involved at all. It was just us just doing our thing. And, and that the, was screwed up, the screwed up thing with that was that MTV approved Rip and Tear to go into heavy rotation if we made this video, this live video, like Bon Jovi style video, right? So we make the video and we had the album cover on the backdrop, which was actually like a ceiling drop above the stage. Somebody at MTV saw that and said, we can't play that video. And it cost like 300 grand. Why? Why were they against the image of the album? Because well, it's, 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 you know, it's got a semi-naked girl riding uh, oh, I'm a, looking at, a loaded I mean, gun and the connotations, you know. Yeah, we couldn't believe it. We were like, what? Oh, wow. That's, <laughs> yeah, that seems, I'm looking at the cover now. It seems kind of crazy. Um, okay, so we, we only have a minute, or about four or five minutes left, but I want to ask you this, unrelated to Cocked and Loaded, let's get an update on what's going on with you guys now because um, – since you came back together, you've you've made some tremendous studio records. I think some of the recent L.A. Guns records are among the best you've ever made. Uh, the you. Devil You Know, the most recent one, The Missing Piece. I mean, just great stuff. This this whole reunion of the two of you that's now gone on for a while and resulted in some great studio records and, and tours, how's it felt? Where's it headed? How's how's the whole experience been, Phil, for you, well, you know, reconnecting with Tracy and everything? Yeah, uh, it, it reminds me of the uh, uh, of, of of the early days. You know, we Tracy and I, we were mate when we first started together. We were we were solid tight, and and for the first couple of years, we were like the best friends, like inseparable. Uh, but the, you know, the pressure of the business, and 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 uh, we went separate ways, and and towards the end, uh, towards the. Uh, the, the, uh, the vicious circle we weren't we you know we pretty much that friendship has, was was long behind us and uh it took 15 years for us to 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 clear the slate and and get back together and start again and and i i i feel that we're back to where we were when we started and and you know putting together the music is 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 fun again we don't have any of that oh we're going to need a hit we're going to need this got to you know the, the label you know, they, they, they put us on the grill for sure. Um, and uh, it, it just, it just, it just, the vibe for me is, is we can do whatever we want, like we did on, like we had on the first record. Right. Tracy, look at that baby. He's, Tracy's ah! got his baby with him there in his arms. So we got another LA Guns <laughs> on the uh, video screen on Zoom. Trace, anything you want to add about, you know, in the last minute or two about coming back together with Phil and this whole experience of this whole phase of the band? Well, I mean, you know, exactly kind of what Phil said is, especially for me, because when I was younger, I was like, you know, five, six young years younger than the next guy in the band, not to mention managers and agents and record company people. So people just basically never gave me, paid me any mind. You know, I'd be like, well, here's the songs. Like, okay, see you later, kid. Kind of a kind of a thing. I always felt like that. Um, so ever since really Waking the Dead, um, that record, um, and then, you know, moving on to this reunion. And this stuff is it's just we have creative control. You know, I mean, down to the production, down to the engineering, down to the songwriting. Every single aspect of our records now is scrutinized only by me and Phil. You know what I mean? It's like 
here it is. We did it. Right. No one's it. screaming at us for a hit single. And, yeah. Oh my God, this is. So, I mean, you're hearing LA Guns. I mean, this is these last two records are what we do, you know, mm-hmm. with without being bothered. And you and the vibe between you guys has been great. Obviously, since you got back together, it's been a great relationship. No, no Absolutely. issues. Yeah. Oh no, I'm really, really happy to have my old my best mate back. I'm. This yeah. is great. Yeah. Well, it's resulted in some fantastic records. I, I urge people to check out the last couple LA Guns records because they're so good. And I'm sure you have some more coming down the pike when normal we times do. resume. We're, we're, yeah, we're working. Always working. Looking forward to that. And everybody, check out the stream happening November 28th, live from Las Vegas at 2 Pacific, 5 Eastern. Go to lagunsmusic.com for information about tickets or to purchase a ticket to the stream. And like I said, you'll see uh, another interview with myself, Tracy, and Phil if you purchase the stream in advance as sort of a pre-show. Then the guys are going to come out and play Cocked and Loaded in its entirety, live, live from Vegas Old School Vegas, downtown on Fremont Street. Looking forward to seeing and hearing you guys do that. Thank you so much, guys. Always good Thank to visit you, with you and talk Always to you. Always good. Always nice talking. Great to Thank see you. you. Awesome. Best of luck Thanks, with buddy. the uh, stream on the 28th. And hopefully, I think we can all say we can get back to shows and being out there with the public on tour, in the venue, yeah. shoulder to shoulder soon. But until then, everybody check out the stream and enjoy. Take care, you guys. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Well, my thanks to Tracy Guns and Phil Lewis of L.A. Guns, and it's amazing to think Cocked and Loaded is 31 years old technically right now, and many feel it's the best L.A. Guns album. It's certainly the most successful, largely due to The Ballad of Jane. I don't know if it's my favorite of the records they've made, but it's uh, you know certainly up there. I like... I don't really have a favorite standout record beyond that first record, which was just so raw. I loved the vibe of that first record. But uh, across their career, and the stuff they're doing right now is exceptional, actually. Their last couple records since they reunited has been real good. So anyway, uh, there you go. Phil and Tracy talking a little cocked and loaded and more. Remember, follow me on Twitter, at Eddie Trunk. Uh, There's also an Instagram. There's also a fan page on Facebook. There is also EddieTrunk.com, all access members of that site. You can get my terrestrial radio show on demand anytime you'd like. Be sure to check it out. Music news updated there all the time as well. I'm on Cameo. Been doing a lot of Cameos lately. Thank you. A lot of people ordering Cameos for gifts around the holidays for their loved ones. Really cool. I appreciate that. And hopefully you guys are enjoying them. The comments about the ones I've done have been stellar. So thank you. And, uh, If you're interested, just go to Cameo.com and search my name and you'll see my page where you can order. Be sure to do it on the Cameo.com website versus the app. It'll save you and I money if you order that way. Thanks to Katie Irizarry. She is the producer of the Eddie Trunk podcast. There is a new episode every Thursday, so another one coming next week. And don't forget to go back and check out the old episodes as well. They archive for anywhere from three to five weeks. So go back and uh, check out some stuff you may have missed and grab it while you can in case you did. And be sure to listen to me uh, every day if you're in the U.S. or Canada and you have Sirius or XM radio on channel 106 volume, Trunk Nation, Talk and Rock daily, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time, live Monday through Friday, nightly replays 10 to midnight Eastern, and anything you want on demand anytime you want on the SiriusXM app, including audio, video, past shows, interviews, and more. 
Remember, the interviews you hear on this podcast come from the Sirius XM radio show. You're getting a tiny, tiny fraction of what I do there if you are only listening to the podcast. All right, you guys have yourselves a great rest of the week, and I'll catch you next Thursday for another new episode, podcast1.com, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Take care. Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com.